Hey, how's it going, everybody? This is Chris. I uh, want to welcome you to uh, a new concept I'm uh, hoping to try on, see how it fits. Uh, something I'm calling blogging dot 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 into the void. <laughs> and uh, it's an idea I've been kind of batting back and forth for a little while now, and uh, figure maybe it's finally time to pull the trigger. Uh, now, if you're following the programs on this channel, uh, Hopefully you've noticed that I haven't really been putting out any solo efforts over the past, well, probably the better part of the past two months. And there's a reason for that. Uh, it's not out of a lack of things to talk about or stories to tell or certainly not comics to discuss. It's not about uh, not having the time or the interest. It's uh, It all comes down to one thing, and that, that one thing is that uh, I got stuck. There was a particular episode of Chris's on Infinite Earths that I wanted to put out probably two months ago. Um, and uh, if you do listen to that program, I don't assume anybody does, but uh, if, if in fact you do, uh, you know, first, thank you very much. Uh, second, uh, you might be familiar with the way I do things, and that is I talk about a comic book or a story, and I pepper in personal anecdotes uh, about my life, uh, about my times as a fan, as a man, as a, you know, as just me. Um, just uh, discussing where I was when a certain book came out or when I first discovered a certain book or, you know, just the way the environment impacted how I received a particular issue, uh, circumstances and all that good stuff. And the story... I was going to tell about this particular episode uh, of Chris's on Infinite Earths. Uh, the subject of that uh, episode was going to be an issue of the All-Star Squadron. And the story I wanted to tell uh, was was less personal uh, and more... Uh, well, I, I don't want to say professional, but it's more about the creative end. It's not about my life so much as it is about uh, behind the scenes at the blog, more or less. Uh... The story I was going to tell was about the way All-Star Squadron very nearly changed the entire direction of my blog, and at the very same time almost drove me to stop blogging altogether, and uh, had very little to do with the issue itself. It was a lot around the circumstances of how I was feeling when I uh, was going to start this uh, All-Star Squadron project. And the story I was going to tell wasn't going to be overly positive. It was uh, going to be kind of bitter, uh, kind of negative. And uh, because this this whole event sort of changed my perception of the blogging hobby, um, and in a way, part of the blogging community. And uh, I just wasn't happy with the way the episode came out. Um, I recorded this episode no less than a half dozen times since October, and each time I re-listened to it, and I just didn't think it was a... It wasn't something I could be proud of. It wasn't something I wanted to put my name on and, and upload uh, for, for, for folks to listen to. I just don't think it was my best effort, because... I, I kind of let myself get into my own head, and uh, that's never a good thing. And so I trashed the recordings uh, time after time. I probably lost a good ten hours of audio just trashing it because, uh, like I said, it was just not something I felt I felt great about putting out. I may be kind of a cynic by nature, but I don't like being 
you know, the negative guy. And uh, I mean, I think there's enough of us <laughs> out there on the internet where you could listen to any um, any podcast or watch any YouTube video or read any blog, and you're gonna see negativity. It's just uh, it's easier to vent negativity than it is positivity. And not not to say that I'm this you know bright and sunny guy who only wants to be positive, but I really didn't like the way these episodes came out. I was uh, very, very bitter. Um, almost to the point of uh, pettiness, and uh, that's not the guy I want to be. But at the same time, you know, I have to consider that if someone is going to spend any part of their day or night or drive or whatever listening to my voice just ramble on about stupid stuff, the very least I could do is be honest. I, I owe you honesty and that is something that I've uh, that I believe in very very uh, strictly uh, I, you know I refer to this past summer of all these personal stories I've shared it's you know the summer of Chris here and uh, it's been it's been brutally honest uh, stories that I've told that I've never vocalized before these are things I've never said out lo- out loud because well, frankly who would care you know, at the end of the day, nobody really cares about what what Chris thought when he saw Electric Blue Superman the first time. You know, that's not uh, that's not a story that's gonna really uh, get people to huddle around uh, the fireplace and and, uh, and sit back and listen. But I've learned over this past year that people uh, do listen to these stories, and uh, it really means the world to me that you do. And so I I need to be honest. You know, I I can't sugarcoat my feelings. I can't worry about uh, coming across as bitter in situations where I am bitter because uh, positivity and honesty are, they can be contradictory sometimes. And I need to, I need to accept that and I need to process that and I need to deliver that when it's, uh, when it's warranted. And this uh, weird dissonance just kept me from doing any sort of solo podcasting. This just, this being stuck, not being able to tell this story in a way which I was satisfied presenting it, it made me second-guess everything that I do. Um, I got into my own head to where I I tried convincing myself that maybe I was kind of just over the hobby. You know, I mean, maybe podcasting is just something I did for a little while and uh, it's not something I need to do anymore. Um, and that's not to say that I, I would give up my partner podcast because those are a lot easier than what I'm doing right now. Uh, when I'm talking with Reggie or when I'm talking with, uh, with Hero or, or anybody that I talk with, that's easy because, uh, there's support there. There's banter. It isn't just me sitting, talking into a microphone by myself, telling an emotionally exhausting story. Those are those are easy. They're fun. Um, where this is more of a process. The solo podcast, people who solo podcast exclusively, I have so much respect for because this is uh, it ain't easy. It's uh, emotionally exhausting. You second guess, or at least I second guess, just about everything I say. It's a uh, it's a process. You know, and my inability to move past this one stumbling block told me that maybe I lost it, you know, and that's not to say that I lost, you know, talent, (laughs) you know, because I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest that I had any, but I mean, just the ability, I lost the ability, I lost the nerve 
to uh, get on a mic and, and just talk. I, I was just so in my own head. And I thought that I thought this was just a part of my life that was over because I couldn't get past it. I had recorded, in part, uh, two or three episodes of Remarvel in the interim, and I couldn't put them out. You know, I, I did a I did an episode about uh, the Todd McFarlane Spider-Man. I did an episode, my Thanksgiving episode, about uh, Uncanny X-Men 308. I couldn't put them out. I just couldn't put them out. I, I, put a, I recorded part of... Uh, of a uh, Chris's on Infinite Earths talking about the Wild Dog limited series because I, I have a, a buddy who's going to come on and talk about that with me. I recorded all my part and I just couldn't take the next step. I don't know what it was, but I just couldn't do it. Um, well, I know exactly what it was. I was stuck in my own head <laughs> and I thought I lost it. Uh, so, I mean, there's audio that I, I've got that I just haven't been able to put out because I can't get past the stumbling block of this weird and ultimately stupid All-Star Squadron anecdote. But uh, that's kind of where we move into this here, because, you know, it's fear that gets into my head here. This isn't disinterest, no matter how hard I petitioned myself that I was disinterested. I, I told friends that, you know, oh, you know, I'm just not interested in solo podcasting right now. I'm just, yeah, I'm just not feeling it, you know? I'm just, uh, I'm over it. That wasn't it at all. Every single Wednesday or Friday that I missed putting out a recording, it hit me like a, like a sack of hammers. You know, I felt like I was, I was letting myself down. Um, I, I wouldn't suggest that there's people out there setting their watch to listen to to my stupid ass talk, but I, I'm I know there are people out there that enjoy the show, and I felt like I was letting them down too. And uh, every week that went on, it bothered me a little less, which sucks because it should go the other way. You know, it should it should grow exponentially as you're away from it, but uh, it didn't go that way. Uh, with like the second and third weeks that I missed, it was just like, nah, you know, no big deal. It's I missed it once, so the streak is broken, and uh, you know nobody's really crying out for it, and maybe this is just over. And it really affected me, and the fear that kept me from doing it really affected me. And that's kind of where we parlay into this new project, uh, because ultimately. Fear is, or can be, part of the creative process. And this program seeks to explore the creative process for people with, you know, fandom blogs and fandom podcasts and any kind of fandom presence on the internet. Because, I mean, we're not getting paid for this, but there is a drive to do it. And, uh... It's something I really want to chat with people about and get to the bottom of. Um, because regardless of how scared I was that I had lost whatever it was that I had, I still wanted to do it. You know, I still had the urge to do it. There was still something pushing me toward creating. Um, and, and I mean, I'm doing it right now. I, I'm about 11 minutes in and it's taken me about two hours to record this much because... That's how in my own head I am. <laughs> I'm second-guessing everything I'm doing. I am very, very rusty at this. And it's only been a couple months that I've been away from the solo gig. But uh, 
fear as part of the creative process is uh, is intriguing, and uh, I think it's something that a lot of content creators can relate to. Uh, maybe not always, but certainly sometimes. And I'd like to provide a forum to share those stories right here with, uh, you know, blogging, dot, 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 into the void. Now, the very title, <laughs> Blogging Into the Void, is a is a reference to something that uh, me and some fellow bloggers will say to one another uh, when we put a lot of effort into something and you know, nobody nobody sees it. <laughs> nobody engages with it. And it feels like you're, you're basically shouting into the void and uh, there's nobody there to hear or to uh, appreciate what you're doing. And I feel like that's a huge part of blogging, especially today where... You know, bloggers, we're, we're kind of like dinosaurs in a way, where the future is audio and video, but blogging is still a thing that exists. And that's not to say that blogging can't be profitable or successful. It's just the niche blogs, you know, the fandom blogs, are kind of a, a dying breed, in my opinion. I, you know, I could be... You might have a totally different <laughs> point of view than I do, but in my opinion... Blogging is sort of uh, passé, sort of uh, the old media. It's it's newspapers compared to the internet. It's it's just not the way things are done anymore. If you're looking for an audience or looking for engagement or anything of the sort, I feel like uh, bloggers have a very unique experience on the internet these days, uh, uh, and that goes for new bloggers for long-tenured bloggers, I think that it's a, a very unique perspective on uh, things such as engagement, and uh, I feel like this might be uh, an interesting topic to dig into. And I've uh, shared this idea with a few folks who uh, who will be coming on to share their experiences. Uh, I've got a few people lined up already. Uh, very, They're very excited to share, and uh, I'm very excited to have them to discuss you know, the tricks of the trade and the frustrations and all that stuff. Uh, the why, why do you start a blog? Why do you keep doing a blog? Uh, I look at my own personal blog, which we're going to talk about at great depth uh, moving forward. And uh, I know that I have more days behind me than I do ahead of me. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think we're at the very tail end of my blog as a daily uh, destination for whoever might want to read about what I write about. And it's a, uh, a weird turning point for me. Uh, we're at the end of the year. I might be at the end of the blog. It just really invites reflecting, you know, um, a chance to look back and uh, just reflect on everything that's come before and maybe, you know, come up with an idea of where things are going. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I'm going to start off with with my own blog, with Chris's on Infinite Earths as a uh, the topic here, as the title of this episode suggested. And hopefully it wasn't too confusing <laughs> an episode title because, you know, there's also a program on this channel called Chris's on Infinite Earths, so I don't want people to look at the title and be like, what is this idiot doing, you know? How many different shows is this fool going to do? But uh, I figured I would start with mine for a few reasons because, you know, I do know myself best and I'm an easy guest to get. For myself, I'm, I'm sitting right here, so it works out just fine. But also, it's going to offer me the opportunity to share that story, the All-Star Squadron story, in a way that, uh, I don't know, I could just tell the story and not have to worry about reviewing a comic book afterwards. <laughs> because 
you know, the show may not sound like much, but it is, it can be emotionally exhausting. I, I come out of those stories uh, very drained, which I, I don't know if that is, you know, speaks poorly for my cardio <laughs> or if it's just uh, conjuring up the, uh, the right confluence of emotions that uh, just takes it out of a guy. You know, I don't know. But uh, we will move forward into my life and times as a blogger, and we'll do that right now. I started as a blogger in the mid-2000s. In the mid-2000s, I uh, had a blogspot page that I would share, you know, stupid, silly thoughts on. <laughs> it was uh, nothing really all that organized. Um, it was some comic talk, some wrestling talk, some, you know, God help me, current events talk. It was just a potpourri blog. It was just a very basic blog. A place where I could, you know, mentally, you know, vomit <laughs> onto my webpage. Uh, I, you know, I was into my mid-twenties, and when you're in your mid-twenties, and, and this is no offense to anybody who's currently in their mid-twenties, you kind of convince yourself that there's a thing called a quarter-life crisis that actually exists. It, it's silly. It really is silly. But uh, I had convinced myself that a quarter-life crisis was a thing that was real, and it was affecting me. It was really hitting me hard. And uh, <laughs> being a little too precious a fella, I opened this blog because I was afraid I was, I, I was afraid I was facing like a flowers for Algernon situation where, you know, I felt like every single day I was losing a bit of my mental sharpness or my. Uh, Writery sharpness. I, I used to write all the time, uh, fiction, nonfiction. Just I used to just write. It was just what I did before. You know, I had things like the internet to distract me. Uh, I just wrote all the time. And into my twenties, I you know I began working crazy hours, and uh, uh, you know I started dating my wife, and there was just no time for writing. And I'd convinced myself that I was losing my my writery sharpness, if there was ever such a thing in the first place. So I started this blog with the best of intentions to kind of exercise that, to exercise that writing muscle that I had let uh, kind of go dormant for, you know, half decade or so. And I, I wrote, and I wrote about stupid stuff that was going on in my life. I'd write uh, reactions to things that I had seen or videos I'd watched, Really just a way to express myself uh, online. And this uh, comes at a time, you know, very different than today. Uh, it wasn't long ago, but things have changed a lot in the interim. I mean, social media as we know it today wasn't really a thing back in 2006. Uh, also, uh, smartphones weren't really a thing. So this comes before that generation of uh, young people who can express themselves through text, you know, who who uh, grew up expressing themselves through text and uh, can block with a lot more ease than, you know, someone like me who just malazes and uh, labors over every single word he types. So uh, there was less, I mean, there was still plenty of bloggers, but not nearly as much competitive content as there is today. And so... I'd write about something, and people would find the blog, and they'd leave comments. You know, they'd leave comments on the blog, and that was just the coolest thing in the world. I thought that was uh, just, like, validation in that, 
you know, you wrote something, somebody actually took the time to read it. You know, they found you and they read what you wrote. And uh, either they agreed with it or disagreed with it or just had something to add to it to the point where they took the effort and wrote out a response, you know. And I thought that, that was uh, kind of like the perfect thing for a little while there. You gave like this weird sort of uh, synergy. And I know synergy is like a word that's been, you know, corporatized and uh, <laughs> become one of those uh, uh, one of those focus group sort of things. But uh, synergy is a big deal to me uh, when I'm trying to do something creative, uh, whether it's words or talking or whatever. You kind of need to feel like there's like something bigger. There's people, there are stakeholders, you know, there are people who are engaging and... Uh, I think that synergy is what keeps me going, and it certainly kept me going back in the mid two thousands uh, because it let me it allowed me to gauge what worked and what didn't, and it, you know it's very basic stuff here. This isn't SEO optimization or anything of the sort. It's just like okay, well when I when I do a synopsis of an issue of Miracle Man, people really like that. When I take a picture of my dog and put it up there, eh, maybe people don't care about that so much. You know, so it's it really dictates what you do with a blog, and uh, and and so I discovered pretty early on that people were interested in you know what I had to say about comic books and what I had to say about professional wrestling. So that really became you know the meat and potatoes of the blog. And I mentioned that this came before you know smartphones were a big deal and a thing that were you know just ubiquitous and just everywhere. I remember I did a piece about, uh, I don't know if you remember the Marvel Superhero Squad figures, those little squat figures that are uh, very cartoonish looking, um, they're, they're, they're toys for very little kids, but I became kind of obsessed with them in the mid-2000s, I just thought they were the coolest thing ever, and I remember finding a box set of them, and it was like the Avengers and the Hulk, and uh, I thought it was really cool. It was like a box where I could get, you know, Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, and the Hulk in one box. So I grabbed them, flipped the box over, and on the back, it told a little story. You know, it told the story of what the what the story of this action figure set was. And I was expecting it to be something, you know, light and silly, because this is something for, you know, kids that are four years old. And I was expecting, like, oh, the Hulk is rampaging through the city and the Avengers have been called in to stop him. But it, instead, it was, uh, it was a riff on Civil War. It was like, Captain America has sided with this group and Iron Man has sided with the pro-registration group. Which side are you on? And I'm thinking, this is a toy for four-year-olds, allegedly. And uh, I was just bamboozled. <laughs> I was gobsmacked that they would have such a, relatively speaking, mature storyline on a on a toy for young children and i remember i wanted to share that image on the blog to discuss it a little bit and to maybe parse it out and all i had was my uh my little chocolate phone i don't know if you remember chocolate phones but it's not a smartphone by any means it's just a little phone that you kind of snap up and you can look in a the, the tiny little screen but it also came with a camera and i remember snapping a blurry ass picture of this uh of the Civil War story, and uh, I had no way to get it on the computer. This wasn't a smartphone. There really wasn't that sort of technology, at least not in my house or my apartment. So I had to, like, 
I had to pay something like a dollar to email it to myself. And then, uh, oh boy, if you've ever emailed a photo to yourself back in the day, you got like, you're either going to get, you you know, you email it and boom, it's right there in your email box and it's good to go. Or you get an email in your mailbox right away that's blank or nothing shows up <laughs> and you still paid the dollar to do it. I remember uh, this one. I sent it to myself, and it took like four days to show up in my mailbox. I, I just the stupidest, silliest thing, and it kind of uh, informed my uh, my idea of uh, the feasibility of blocking. I, <laughs> I thought because I'd see other people's blogs, and they had these great images, and and they were really. Uh, they, they were just things you wanted to engage with They were nice to look at And mine was all text or whatever images I stole off the internet And uh, I wanted to share something That was at the time a little bit original For uh, as far as uh, image content is concerned And I was really psyched that you know Okay okay, I paid, I'm going to get this picture on, onto the blog And it took days to do it And uh and when I finally saw the thing on the screen, I could barely read it because my camera was garbage. Uh, it wasn't meant for, you know, it wasn't a high-definition <laughs> sort of an image. But I put it up there, and uh, I don't think anybody could even read what it said. So I, the point that I was trying to make was completely lost. But that was kind of like strike one for me <laughs> as it came to blogging as, as an outlet, uh, or at least an outlet for... What I was trying to do with the technology that I could afford, you know, I, I wasn't gonna buy uh, a you know a higher dollar digital camera. I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna take a film picture and then run it through a scanner. I just I just didn't want to put the effort in for that. I wanted it to be quicker and I wanted it to be easier. And unfortunately, you know, when you cut corners, sometimes sometimes that just shows in the end result. But those first couple of years doing the blog, I, uh, I, you know, I made a lot of friends, I met a lot of people, um, and I would visit their blogs and comment on their blogs. It became like this little, uh, little community of sorts, and it was a lot of fun. And it was always exciting to see what my friends were putting out, and uh, it was always exciting to get comments from them. And then, you know, you get a comment from someone you'd never seen before, and it was just, it was just really, really cool. Um, we jump into... 2008 when I lost my job And uh, The blog The blog did change The blog changed a bit uh, For a little while it became Like a repository for Rejected articles and stuff <laughs> Rejected columns from uh, Websites and stuff that I tried to pitch too Because you know when you're Looking for any way to make any money And you know you kind of Convince yourself that you can write a little bit You Sometimes try to try to make a go at it And that's kind of the problem with writing Is that uh, the one thing that I say is that words are free And we're all born with a lifetime supply And that's never more apparent than when you're trying to actually You know, sell your work Or get some sort of trade out of your work Or just get some sort of uh, exposure as a writer On a heavily trafficked or a more relatively heavily trafficked site than your own so that's what that became for a little while. It was just a repository for, you know, video game reviews and comic reviews and just stuff that nobody wanted, you know? And 
And, you know, looking back, I, I don't think I even have those anymore, but I'm sure they were garbage. <laughs> I think a lot of what I do now is, too. But uh, I'm sure back then I had a sizable chip on my shoulder uh, just from being smacked around by life for a little while, and I'm sure that that showed in my writing. In fact, uh, a lot of my writing became a little bit, uh, I don't want to say darker, but uh, a lot more negative because... Uh, I always seem to experience things right before it's like popular to experience things. I'm like I'm like a bad luck hipster, I think, where me and my wife we lost our house and uh, throughout that whole process I would try working with the banks and try working with the lenders to try to figure something out to uh to stop us from losing the house, you know, to to save the house, save the mortgage. Uh things like, you know, Hey, maybe we can refinance. Maybe we can take the the payments that we missed and put them on the end of the loan so we're, like, current, but, you know, we're still paying you the same amount. You know, I would try whatever I could think of. And uh, the bank told me, your inability to pay your bills is not my problem. And uh, wouldn't you know it, right after we lost our house, all of a sudden, the banks were getting bailed out. The very bank that told us to go screw ourselves was getting bailed out. And they were bending over backwards to help people stay in their mortgages, stay in their homes, not lose their homes. Uh, We were within 10 days of being homeless, uh, just a little bit before this. And I was was pissed. I was very annoyed. And I wrote a lot about that kind of thing. I was very much against, uh, you know, the government. I was just a very, very angry guy. And that certainly came across in my writing. It totally changed the tone of uh, what I was writing about. It was no longer fun. It was just a cathartic uh, rant most of the time. More about that year, uh, you know, I was unemployed for a long time. And, uh, you know, that really taught me something about uh, being unemployed. Uh, I think before that, if I would have seen someone who was out of work, I might have just written them off as being lazy and just not wanting to work. And... uh, I built a lot of character uh, that year and uh, a lot of empathy for people who are out of work because, man, it sucks. It's tough. And I was on unemployment insurance and got six months, as is, you know, the norm. And I remember having to petition for an extension and it took took about a month and a half for them to come back because this was all snail mail. And uh, it took about a month and a half for them to approve me for an additional three months, which, I mean, three months is a decent amount of time, but at a time where there were no jobs and where unemployment, my benefits were like $200 a week. I was making quite a bit more than that at my job, so I had to whittle everything down to $200 a week, which, uh, don't get me wrong, I was grateful and thankful for, but... When you're trying to pay bills and buy food and put gas in a car to find work. And, you know, God forbid you get a call for an interview and you realize you've got no clothes to go interview in. And you need to run up to Walmart. And instead of buying, you know, dinner or coffee for the week, you're buying a cheap pair of pants, a cheap pair of slacks so you can go on an interview. I mean, I was there were there were weeks where I was running. This is disgusting, but I was running water through used coffee grounds in the morning just so I'd have something 
coffee-like <laughs> in the morning because we were just beyond broke. But uh, after that first extension, that three-month extension, they told me, no no more. You're done. You're done. You should be back to work by now. And uh, by all rights, I should have been, but I wasn't. And not a few weeks after that, the state announced that uh, they were upping the minimum unemployment to like something like 18 months. And I was not eligible for it, so I missed out on that. But uh, anybody else who was currently on unemployment was getting it. So I was SOL and uh, very, very bitter about that, <laughs> you know? Uh, like I said, I'm a bad luck hipster. I-, I went through everything before it was cool to go through it. And it really changed the way that I wrote. And it was very angry, very vitriolic. And, uh, and people didn't like it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I didn't like it. So I could only imagine uh, what... Uh, you know, people who were wanting to hear my thoughts on, on Miracle Man or, or on the latest uh, WWE pay-per-view or the latest, you know, Square Enix role-playing game, you know, what they thought of seeing me just really just rant and and ramble and just spew anger everywhere. Uh, I eventually just took everything offline because it was just... I wasn't, I wasn't happy with what I was doing and... Uh, I feel like I really trashed um, a lot of the goodwill that I'd built up in my little community. And I figured the easiest course of action would be just to remove myself from it. And I I kept writing. I just didn't publish anything. You know, I I kept filling filling out little blogs, but not hitting the publish button and just leaving them as drafts. Because, um, you know, there there is a catharsis there. Uh, You know, I was spitting fire, so I would no longer have the fire in my belly. You know, because when you have the fire in your belly, you can't sleep, you can't eat, you can't function. As long as you get it out, uh, no matter where you get it out, I think that's a good thing. I think that expressing it even in private is healthy because it, uh, you don't have to run it through your head anymore because it's somewhere. You know, you have a physical spot for your thoughts, for your rants, for your complaints, for your bitterness, for your anger. And you don't need to have it inside you anymore. I think that's a... Uh, I mean, this is old hat for, uh, you know, catharsis and stuff. But uh, I discovered it then, and uh, I I kept writing. I just didn't publish. And eventually, I stopped writing. You know, it just went away. I started working again, and it just... Uh, you know, blogging just became something that I used to do. You know, it was something that I did, and I enjoyed while I did it. But I didn't need to do it anymore. Um, it never really left, though. Uh, I, for like five or six New Year's in a row, and I, I've told some of these stories before, I, I apologize if you're hearing these stories for the second or third time, but uh, I uh, made my New Year's resolution from probably like 2011 to 2015. I was always going to start a blog. I wanted to start a comics fandom blog. Uh, reflecting on the old blog, I remember... Uh, getting the most sort of engagement when I was discussing Miracle Man. Just a very, very weak synopsis of uh, Miracle Man without any pictures because I couldn't take any pictures back in, <laughs> back in the day. Or if I did, they would come out looking really, really bad, almost unrecognizable. Uh, not to say that my pictures now are all that great, but they're quite a bit better than they would have been had I, was, had I been using my old LG chocolate phone. 
but I missed it. I missed the uh, engagement. I missed the interaction. I missed uh, the friends and and uh, the readers, and then being being directed to other blogs and contributing on their uh, on their pieces, and just really the you know synergy, the synergy of blogging. I missed it, and so I decided I wanted to start a new blog. And every New Year's Day from you know 2010, 2011 to 2015, I would start a blog, and it would be a comic book blog, and one year it would be an X-Men blog, the next year it would be a Teen Titans blog, then it would be a Justice League blog, and none of them actually happened. <laughs> none of them actually, uh, none of them made it past the first post. Uh, none of the, actually most, I don't think any of them actually finished the first post. Uh, a lot of it was just getting whatever my thoughts were out and not even hitting publish. You know, I, I was kind of over it before lunch, you know. I wanted to do it. I thought it would be a lot of fun to do it. But there's actually work involved. You know, I, I talk to people all the time about podcasting. And uh, and they'll say, the people who've never tried it before say, Ah, you, you know, you talk about comics. How hard could that be? Or you talk about wrestling. How hard could that be? It's like, well, okay, give it a shot. <laughs> you know, you need to actually... Uh, I'm sure there is a small percentage of people who could just plug a microphone in and talk and talk and talk and, and be riveting and just tell the most awesome stories. But I tell you what, that ain't the every podcaster. You know, that's a rare breed indeed. And the same thing goes for blogging. Uh, you know, you look at it as, hey, you're just writing about stuff. It's how how hard can that be? And it's there's work to it. There's effort involved, um, and there there's a a need for for things like passion, the intangibles. You know, you need to be passionate about what you're writing about, or at least have a passing interest in what you're talking about. Otherwise, there's no reason to write. There's no reason to read what you wrote. It's um, uh, it's not easy. And when I when I started all of those you know disparate blogs, I realized halfway through that I just didn't have the passion. It was just not something I was interested in doing. I remember looking at the little widget to in, to intru, include photos. And I was like, oh man, I'm going to have to put photos in this. I'm going to have to put pictures into this. And I'm going to have to format. And I'm going to have to, you know, insert links. And just the whole thing felt overly daunting and you know, bluntly just a pain in the ass. You know, just not something I was willing to do. And this wasn't going to be like daily things. It was just going to be whenever I felt like it sort of things. But even then, uh, I just wasn't interested enough to do it. And I could never stick the landing. But it was always in the back of my head. You know, it was always an option, something that I should maybe try. I just never did, you know. And uh, I never stopped visiting comics blogs. Uh, Maybe not with, like, maybe not religiously. But I always tried to keep up on on some blogs. Uh, a lot of them would go dormant. Uh, one that I really, really loved was one called uh, Not Blog X. It's mostly a '90s comics themed blog. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's it's dormant now, but it used to be fairly regular. I think it was several times a week it would update with a different uh, review or discussion. And I just loved it. I loved that uh, blog. I kept up with it as best I could. Um, And it was one of those things that reminded me that blogging was always, you know, an option. And it was always something I kind of wanted to do. As I saw how how great uh, this fella did it, 
And I thought, you know, I, maybe I should. Every time I looked at it, I'm like, I wish I could do this. You know, I wish I had it in me to do this. But uh, the idea of just doing the work took me out of it. Like, if I could just, you know, open up a blog page and hit publish without having any put in any kind of work, that'd be great. But that's, you know, that's not the case. Uh, but I remember being very inspired by uh, by his blog, not not blog, bleh, not blog X. Easy for me to say, uh, to actually maintain a blog of my own. I would always try to seek out other blogs. Uh, I remember when I discovered the Life of Riley blog, the Spider Clone one. I got lost in that blog. I read it <laughs> for days and days. I just loved it. And it was another one that just inspired me. It's like, man, I wish I had this sort of body of work. I wish, you know, somebody could discover something that I wrote and uh, and just weave their way through a narrative that, that I'm, you know, giving them the tour of. I found the DC in the 80s Tumblr page and thought that was fantastic because it just conjured up so many memories that I didn't have, <laughs> if that makes any sense. I wasn't... I wasn't a DC guy growing up, as has been uh, noted, but there was just this odd nostalgia for a youth I never had in all the images that he shared and the reviews that he wrote, and uh, it just really made me want to be part of something. Um, other blogs I discovered were uh, Junk Food for Thought, uh, The Crabby Reviewer, uh, just great, fun comic blogs, uh, and then one... <laughs> that I, one that really, really drove the point home that I should be blogging again was uh, one that a, a friend of mine, uh, well, he's a friend of mine now, he didn't know me back then, but uh, Comics Reviews by Walt. And uh, Walt is, is a good friend now. He, he'll, he'll probably be on a, an episode of this show very, very shortly to discuss his, uh, his blogging life, but uh, his blog was, uh, it was weird. Do you ever have like a situation where, like, you read somebody else's writing, and then you have to stop for a second because you think to yourself, I don't remember writing that. You know, because you had, like, the same exact experience. And uh, it's just amazing. I would look through his blog, and we had such a similar introduction to comics, and our fandom was just was parallel for, I mean, the better part of 30 years. <laughs> and it's just crazy. But uh, his uh, his take was uh, he would tell he would talk about his life he would talk about comics and it was uh, it inspired me even more to uh, create. But still, I didn't want to put the work in. Now we jump ahead to December of 2015, and I was taking my wife to a Christmas party. Uh, one of her uh, one of her coworkers was having a Christmas party. And they lived, they lived a long ways away, probably the better part of an hour and a half away from where we live. And so I was going to drive her out there that night and then just hang out in town. Uh, there were some bookstores nearby I figured I'd hit up and, uh, you know, just grab a bite to eat and then pick her up whenever, you know, whenever it was over. And I remembered thinking that I would need something to listen to. You know, I wanted to have a podcast to listen to and was kind of burnt out on everything I was listening to at the time. So I looked. I was just looking for... Uh, I wanted to hear something about DC Comics. I wanted to hear something about current day DC Comics. Not retro stuff, just what's going on right now. Uh, this is around the time... 
I think Future's End was uh, the DC event or the weekly thing that was going on at this point, and I was starting to get back into it because uh, I thought that Future's End was going to end a lot differently than it did. So I was looking for current day DC stuff, and I came across the uh, Weird Science DC Comics podcast and blog. And I was looking for a podcast, but I discovered their blog through the podcast and thought it was pretty great. You know, it was our current day reviews, uh, very honest reviews, uh, no holds barred sort of stuff. They're not uh, not kissing anybody's butt, you know, just real, uh, real honest reviews. And I appreciated that a lot. And then I figured, you know, I'm, I'm digging what these guys are writing. Let me listen to this show. And so I downloaded like four episodes of the show. Because I'm used to, I was used to podcasts being like 45 minutes long, and I knew I was going to have a lot of time on my hands that night, so I downloaded four episodes, and uh, little did I know that each episode was about four or five hours long at the time. It's funny, I actually just, just two weeks ago drove my wife to that very same Christmas party, and I couldn't help but think about uh, my, my discovery of the Weird Science uh, show, blog, podcast, uh, that, you know, that same night in 2015 and how that changed the trajectory of, uh, of a lot of my free time <laughs> from that point on. Um, I really enjoyed their show and I, uh, wrote them. I wrote them a, uh, some listener mail and I, it's not something I ever do. I never really engage, which is funny because I always get annoyed when I don't get engagement, but I'm the sort of, I'm a very passive uh, audience member myself, where I don't think I have anything to add to a discussion, so I just don't. But with this weird science show, I don't know what it was. I just felt the urge to uh, to participate and engage with their uh, material, and, and so I wrote in, and I would write in every you know every week for uh, probably about a month. And one of the things I had asked them was if they would uh, include uh, retro reviews. And I, I asked, you know, as I loved what they did with the new stuff, and I wanted to know how they would handle some of the older stuff. And what I was told is, you know, they spend they spent so much time doing what they do now, they just wouldn't have the time to do retro stuff, which is fair. You know, I didn't really push <laughs> anything like that. Um, but you jump ahead a couple of weeks, and they opened up a forum. On their website And it was a very uh, user-unfriendly forum <laughs> It was very hard to navigate But there was a portion of uh, Or there was a, a folder on the forum For uh, listener or reader reviews So you could turn in your own review for something New, old, whatever And, uh, and they put a little line in there saying Hey, maybe you'll even get a spot on the website and, you know, I just kind of filed it in the back of my head. It's like, eh, maybe one of these days. But then the thought of it was just like, nah, you know, that's that's going to be writing. And it's such a pain in the ass to do that. And I just didn't want to put the effort in. You know, I wanted to be part of something without putting the effort in. And so I did nothing. Um, uh, moving ahead, probably just about a month or so. I, uh, I mean, it's well documented. I was an undergrad when I started this. And uh, there was a certain project I was working on, a cold case project, that I got a little bit too obsessed with and found myself with academic writer's block. I couldn't, um, I couldn't, you know, dot the T's and cross the I's, right? Is that, what, is that what we say? I couldn't do that. I couldn't seal the deal on this uh, one project. 
So uh, I kind of just sat with it halfway done, uh, you know, up to the day that it was due, and I, I just couldn't finish it up because, you know, I don't, I've, I've kind of jumbled it in my head. I don't know if I couldn't finish this project because I didn't want to let it go or because I wasn't, wasn't sure exactly how I felt. I, I really... I really became uh, engrossed in this project, and I've talked about this project a time or two before, but uh, I decided that in order to kind of lube the tubes, I would uh, I would write about something that wasn't academic, wasn't forensic psychology-based. So I wrote a review of uh, Tales of the Teen Titans, number 55, and uh, I did so with the express purpose of putting it on this weird science message board in hopes that somebody would notice it and be like, hey, you are the greatest writer we've ever seen. We want you on the site. <laughs> and I knew they used Blogger, and uh, I already had the Chris's on Infinite Earth's name floating through my head, so I opened. I finally opened chrisisoninfiniteearths.com, and I wrote the piece in the Blogger format so it would be easy to transfer if it was, uh, if so, if it was so desired. And uh, I wrote it up. Copied and pasted it into uh, into the message board, and uh, there it sat. <laughs> Nobody cared. Nobody cared at all. And uh, and so you know, if it what's that a definition of insanity? You know, if it didn't work the first time, just do the same thing again. So I did it. The same thing again. The next day, the very next day, I wrote a piece, and then the next day after that, and the day after that. And the day after that, and nobody gave a rat's ass. <laughs> nobody cared. And uh, I had them up, you know, on the blog, just not published. So I figured, you know, what the heck? I'll just publish these on the blog. Maybe someone will come across them eventually. And uh, that is how Chris's on Infinite Earth started. You know, I started it because <laughs> nobody else wanted my work. Um, I, I, it was the last thing I wanted to do. Uh, at that point, because, you know, I was filled with those same thoughts. Like, I looked, and it's like, oh, there's the insert picture button. I'm going to have to put pictures into this, and I'm going to have to format, and I'm going to have to put links in, and it just seemed like such a pain. And I was hoping that someone else would want my work so they could deal with all that. <laughs> you know, they could deal with posting and uh, making sure everything looked pretty instead of me having to do it. Um, but that just wasn't in the cards. You know, it wasn't in the cards, and so uh, I started my own uh, little web presence, and uh, I had a lot to say at first. I there were a lot of books that I really that I was really excited about talking about, and uh, and so that dictated that the blog, at least at the start, became daily. And uh, by the time I realized it, I was. You know, something like 20 days in, you know, and I figured, what the heck, let's keep going daily. And, you know, you get to 50 and it's like, okay, well, what's next? Oh, 100. Okay, let's try to get to 100. And it just became the grind after that. Now, the uh, folks at Weird Science eventually did take notice and invited me to uh, join in their reindeer games for a bit there, uh, which I, you know, I greatly appreciate that. That mean that meant a lot to me then and now. Um I don't think they have much use for me these days, but uh, <laughs> I will always be grateful for them uh, helping me getting my start, uh, both in you know blogging and podcasting. Uh, the debt of gratitude I have for them is uh, is pretty hard to measure. I, I very much appreciate everything they did for me. Now, one of the things I tried to make sure the blog had plenty of were uh, 
personal anecdotes. And early on, that was easy, you know, because I was talking about issues that had significance to me and that could be reflected in a personal story. But when you're doing it daily, those, you know, I mean, you run out. <laughs> you run out of, uh, out of opportunities to, to share stories or... You know, I was still very, very young in the uh, in the game, and I wasn't really sure what stories to tell or what stories not to tell. Who would care? Who wouldn't care? It's a it's a weird balancing act. But if you do look back at some of those earlier ones, uh, first of all, they're they're not they're not great. Not just like anything else I do, they're not that great. But uh, they're uh, they they are they are peppered with uh, you know personal anecdotes. That's where you know Rob Leefield that story you know originated on that blog. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of things that I talk about in passing now with like with an expectation that everybody knows what I'm talking about. Those are are all <laughs> kind of based in those very early uh, installments of uh, or blog posts at Chris's on Infinite One thing I didn't have starting this blog was a uh, a goal. In my normal life, I'm a pretty goal-oriented sort of fella. You know, I everything has an end point or a desired result. This didn't. This was just something I was kind of doing, and I, I thought maybe I would know the goal when I got there. But I mean, we're doing this four years now, and I still haven't the foggiest idea <laughs> what the goal is, which is actually part of the reason why I want to do this little project here because. I do want to invite other content creators on to talk about their goals. Like, what is, why do we keep doing this? Because I don't know why I keep doing it. I'm, you know, 1,400 days in a row this at this point, and I still don't know why. I don't know what the end point is. Um, there, are, there are, like, great milestones, but is there, like, an ultimate overarching goal to this entire endeavor? I, I just don't know. Um, milestones though, those are great. Uh, I remember about a month, a month and change into my blog, I wrote about the death of Superman. I wrote about Superman number 75 and, uh, I, I, this is very early into my, my tweeting career. (laughs) I had no idea what to do with social media. I still don't know what to do with social media. I'm very bad at it, but I, I remember I sent this, uh, I, I sent this tweet out that I reviewed that book, and uh, Dan Jurgens actually re- responded to it, and he commented uh, that uh, to thank my mom for buying it for me because that's what I wrote about. I wrote about how she went and bought the thing for me while I was at school, which just blew my mind that the dude who I read was actually reading words that I wrote. You know, um, that really, you know, put me on cloud nine, and. Uh, Made it all feel worth it, and uh, it's kind of like a drug, though. You know, it's <laughs> you want more after that. You you just need it after that. And uh, the it is like this weird intangible that I can't even define. Like what what is engagement? What is recognition? What is that sort of thing? And uh, how do you know when you're getting it, and how do you know when you're not? It's very strange because as I as I mentioned. When I listen to a show, or when I read someone's posts, or when I read a review, I'm a very passive member of the audience. I don't feel like I have anything to add, you know? Um, I don't know if that's just my low (laughs) self-esteem. I don't know if it's just my own guilt. I don't know what it is. I just don't feel like I have a whole lot to add. 
So I don't. But that doesn't mean that I didn't enjoy what I read or what I listened to. So it's hard to gauge stuff like that. Uh, Being on the other end as a content creator, um, the passive audience member is like is a blessing and a curse because you're you're happy there are people out there who who enjoy what you do but at the same time you'd like to know that you're there enjoying what you do it, it's a weird you know it's a weird catch 22 if that's even the right term for it it's just a very strange sensation that i still struggle to you know mentally compartmentalize and reconcile but uh, engagement can be uh, one of those, you know, monkey paw sort of situations because uh, you might get it in a way that you don't want it. Um, this is a story that I told, I believe it was episode 12 of Chris's on Infinite Earths, uh, where I talked about Mother Panic, number one. This was a young animal book from DC, and I reviewed it for Weird Science and uh, didn't enjoy it. I didn't think it was all that great. Um, And I said as much in both writing and on their podcast. And suddenly I started getting a bunch of uh, angry replies on my blog, on on just random posts that had nothing to do with mother panic, had nothing to do with anything, but I was called every ist in the book. Um, I think they told me to, 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 you know, bodily harm myself uh and it was a it was a weird situation because i didn't know that anything i would have said might have elicited that sort of a reaction um everything that i said was fairly tepid uh especially if we gauge it from internet speak where i I feel like on social media every other word i see is the f word you know where i i try not to do that online Try to, I try to keep things as even-keeled and as fence-city as possible. And here is uh, someone or a couple of people uh, just totally trashing me on my blog on just weird random posts. And it was very strange. And, you know, when you, when you do get a reply on, on a blogger blog, you get an email just letting you know that there's a new comment, you know, a new comment you should look at. And my very first comment to, uh, you know, circle back for a little bit was actually from my buddy Walt before I even knew him. (laughs) He actually replied on my blog and I thought it was just the coolest thing ever because this is a dude whose work I'd read for months, if not years at this point. And, uh, and the fact that he stopped by to read my stuff and actually comment on it was really super cool. But moving up to mother panic, uh, I was getting these emails and I thought, you know, you always think like, oh, I struck it. You know, I hit. Something finally hit. <laughs> and now I'm being discovered. And I wake up and I've got like six or seven posts, you know, replies. And it's like, oh, man, somebody shared my work. Somebody saw my work. This is this is great. And it's all this vitriolic nonsense. <laughs> and, and, you know, you, you slink back into your shell. And you're like, oh, well, maybe next time. Maybe next time. But uh, it was because of that that I finally had to, uh, I, I had to moderate my comments because, uh, if it wasn't them, it was people trying to sell Viagra or, you know, tickets, you know, cheap airfare somewhere. So I figured that that's probably not, uh, not the best stuff to have on my blog. So I went to moderation mode and it's still there now. Cause I still just about every day I'll get a, uh, I'll get a reply that's trying to sell me some drugs or a plane ticket or something. Uh, I think I had one for umbrellas t- 
today. Somebody was trying to sell cheap umbrellas. I don't know why you would do that on a comic book blog, but, you know, what are you going to do? But back to the sensation of uh, feeling as though your work is finally... I don't want to say hitting the mainstream, but just getting wider view, you know, wider watch. Um, that feeling when I saw all those replies, it was just like, you could have knocked me over with a feather because it, it, to me, initially, at first blush, it meant that people were seeing what I was writing and were engaging with it. Um, and that, 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 you know, that, that makes the heartbeat a little bit faster and you, you start to, uh, you start to think about, you know, a wider audience and, uh, just what that might mean. Uh, not that it's gonna, it's not gonna be able to translate into anything really tangible, but just the satisfaction and uh, the feeling of community, and the potential to, you know, meet more people who have the same interests as you and share stories. It's that really just gets gets the blood pumping. At least it, you know, it does for me. And that, you know, we talk about the goal. What is the goal here? And maybe that's the goal. Maybe it's a. Uh, maybe the goal is just a. Uh, you know, being happy with what you do and uh, meeting people and sharing stories. And I, I don't know. It, <laughs> it's a constant work in progress, I guess. But uh, that sensation can actually parlay into my All-Star Squadron story that uh, that I tried telling a half dozen times before. <laughs> I've always trashed because it... Uh, Alright, it's very bitter. It's a bitter story, and I hope it doesn't come across that way now, but I I can't promise that it won't. And and it's really I'm building it up, but it's not it's not that big a deal. <laughs> it really isn't. It's just a stupid blogging story. But uh to me it it almost changed uh the direction of the blog uh it, it, in two different ways. And so I figure it's it's definitely a step during the journey that I should address and share here. So let's get right to it. Now, the All-Star Squadron is a property that I was... Uh, it was like a purposeful blind spot in my DC uh, knowledge, my DC lore. Uh, it, was, it was always like the All-Star Squadron, that whole Roy Thomas corner, uh, and the Legion. Those were two things that I, you know, were a sort of on-purpose blind spot for me because I was just scared to get into them. Uh, they're very daunting, very overwhelming, Um a lot of stuff goes on in those books, and there's a lot of characters that I had no familiarity with, you know, so I kind of I kind of just avoided them. Uh, I would collect them for some stupid reason, because, I don't know, I liked how they looked. I liked the idea of both the All-Star Squadron and the Legion. I liked the ideas, but I never really tried reading them. Um, and then I decided, you know what, I'm going to try reading All-Star Squadron. I, I tried the Legion many times and <laughs> still have no idea. I'm still buying the new volume. I don't know why, but uh, I still am. Um, <laughs> but the uh, All-Star Squadron, it's a special book. It's a very special book in that it, uh, it could almost fit within like the real world. Because Roy Thomas took such painstaking effort into making everything fit. So like you had this you had this real world history mixed with comic history. It was just such a perfect blend. It was like it was like music in a way. Um, where everything just fit beautifully and flowed together and I was always satisfied after finishing an issue of it. You know, it felt you felt like you lived 
something when you read the the All-Star Squadron. And I figured that it might be a cool thing to do to change the blog into an All-Star Squadron blog, at least for a little while, because it would it would uh it would make my reading All-Star Squadron into a multitasking effort, you know? Uh, when you create content, I've said it before, when you create content you don't really have the time or the energy for, for you know, fun reading projects, for side reading. Um, everything you read, or at least everything I read, I have to have a an ulterior motive for it. You know, I have to be able to repurpose what I read into something, be it a podcast, be it a blog post. I have to multitask. Uh, it's just I don't have the time in the day to do both. So, I figured, what the hell, I'll read the All-Star Squadron, I'll experience it for the first time, and I will, I will blog about it, and I will do so in a way that I can make my blog like a one-stop shop for All-Star Squadron stuff. I'm going to touch on all of the real-life history stuff, I'm going to link to everything, every reference, I'm going to try to link to, to broaden the entire thing, you know, to just make it a real repository for All-Star Squadron uh, ephemera and uh, references, and I just thought it was going to be a really cool thing to do because that's how I learn things. I want to learn everything about a particular subject, and uh, in this way, I could do that while creating something, and I thought it was just going to be the perfect thing. The concept actually kind of reminded me of one of my favorite podcasts uh, back in the day, which was uh, the Uncanny X-Cast. It was one of the first comics podcasts that I had uh, found, and I spent a lot of time in the car listening to it when I was uh, when I was repairing windshields. <laughs> I just binged on this show. And the premise of the show was these two childhood friends as grown-ups. They're... Uh, they're basically reading through the X-Men. You know, they're reading from, you know, they're reading from the very beginning and they're also talking about the current stuff. And it was really cool in that there were two hosts. One of the guys, uh Brian, uh was a lifelong X-Men fan, so he has been reading X-Men since he was a kid, has never ever stopped reading it. While the other host, Rob, he read the X-Men when they were kids, but then he stopped. And then he came back for the show, you know, some decade and a half later. So he didn't have any of the context for what had happened in the interim. So it was this really cool blend of just a dude who's been entrenched in the X-Men universe and a guy who was familiar with it but had been away. So, you know, new so people who are new to the X-Men could relate to Rob learning everything and people who were you know, tenured X-Fans could relate to Brian in just knowing everything. I thought that that was just such a super cool way to present a podcast. And I thought that this All-Star Squadron project on the blog could be sort of similar to that, in that I was going to be experiencing this stuff for the first time. And so people who didn't know anything about the All-Star Squadron could learn about it with me, and people who did know about the All-Star Squadron could re- relive through me, you know, all that stuff. So I thought that was a really cool idea, and I got very, very excited for it. Um, I, I bought a bunch of All-Star Squadron outside of the cheapo bins. You know, I actually went into the real back-issue bins and paid a few bucks each 
because I was just really 100% on board with uh, exploring this new direction for the blog. I, I thought this was going to be really cool. Um, you know, one, one of the things that I was kind of afraid of, because I, I, I mentioned how I wanted to start blogs every New Year's Day, and uh, they were always very focused on a particular franchise, uh, be it the X-Men, be it Justice League. And I was afraid that I'd get, you know, kind of pigeonholed, and I wouldn't be able to talk about anything that doesn't fall under those franchise umbrellas. And that's a good thing and a bad thing, because, you know, it gives you it gives you the ability to talk about more stuff, but at the same time, it takes away your sort of uh, subject matter expert card, you know, where I talk about everything, so there's nothing that I'm, partic- I'm viewed as being particularly knowledgeable about. Uh, regardless of what I am particularly knowledgeable about, I'm just a catch-all with Chris's on Infinite Earths. And uh, changing to an All-Star Squadron thing, it might have given me, I don't know, I, I don't know if it's cred, <laughs> I don't know if it's just uh, maybe whenever the subject came up, like, my blog would pop into somebody's mind. I, you know, just a, like a little touchstone sort of a sort of a situation there. So I was pretty excited about, uh, about the new direction is uh, what I just spent the past five minutes trying to say. To test the waters, I was going to do uh, All-Star Squadron number 60. I didn't want to start at the first issue yet because uh, I wanted to, like, know the first dozen or so issues inside and out. And I hadn't yet, I hadn't yet learned them yet because I wanted to have, like I mentioned, I wanted to have all the references there to be, uh, to be experienced and read. And I I basically wanted to have all the rabbit holes dug for you already, (laughs) you know, so you could just dive in and uh, immerse yourself if you so decided to. And so I started... Just, just to test the waters, I did uh, All-Star Squadron number 60, which is probably the worst issue to start this sort of a project on, but uh, I liked the cover. I thought the cover was really cool. <laughs> it's like the culmination of, uh, of a long, lingering story in the run, and it's also an issue where it actually starts pre-crisis and ends post-crisis. It's a very, very strange and very, very heavy issue. And it took me probably five hours to write the post. Not that it's an exceptionally long post, but there was just so much for me to learn in, in, in the reading. And so I spent five hours <laughs> writing this thing and uh, put it up and uh, posted uh, on, on social media that I did it. And nobody cared. You know, I, I, that's, that's normal. You know, uh, you you tweet something out that you wrote or you said anything, you might get a few people who care enough to to click one of the little widgets under it. But uh, that doesn't happen all the time, and it didn't happen in this situation. Now, we jump ahead to later on that very same day, and I see a, uh, a member of our community who's way, way up higher on the totem pole than I am, and that's by no means a short list of people there. But they... Uh, were actually using my pictures, you know, they had, um, they had my pictures from All-Star Squadron number 60, and I, you know, my heart skipped the beat, I was like, oh man, this person just read my work, and they're sharing it, and, uh, I thought that, you know, this is the right idea, this, this All-Star Squadron, um, direction is the right direction, and then I take a closer look and realize, wait, I didn't get a notification, you know, no, <laughs> nobody tagged me on anything, and sure enough, um, this person who was quite a bit higher on the uh, on the food chain than I am, uh, just used my pictures. 
um, and said, hey, guys, remember this? And, like, tagged a dozen people. And uh, didn't bother to link to my blog, didn't bother to tag me. Use my pictures because they were, you know, just as awkward as my pictures always are. I knew they were mine. Um, Not that I own them or anything, but uh, it just tells me they went to my site but didn't think enough to share the site. Um, Tagged a bunch of their buddies and uh, had all the engagement in, you know, within five minutes that I couldn't get within five hours. And it really, really turned me off. Um, It was in that situation there, that instance that I was just like, okay, I'm done. Screw this, you know. Uh, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't get out of the single digits and views and, uh, and this person's using my pictures to, to get, you know, hundreds of likes, dozens of retweets, dozens of comments and engagement on, on my pictures, but didn't bother, didn't bother to throw the little guy a bone, you know, and that really, I don't know, that gave me a really bad impression of the community, uh, at large, which... And you might be able to relate to why I'm struggling with this story and why I have struggled with this story over the past two months because I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to come off as a, you know, as some sort of a schmuck or anything. But uh, it it really bummed me out. Uh, I can't lie and say that it was just something that rolled off my back. It really affected me. It really bummed me out. It made me it it further made me realize that I am kind of a vestigial limb. In this uh, comics commentary community, uh, you know, I don't get invited to to join in the reindeer games very often, and uh, this was just a uh, this was just a real shock to the system and a, and a gut punch in this uh, in this instance, and it really made me just want to stop. Again, I don't know what my goals are with blogging, but I knew that this was a hundred percent. Uh, opposite of any goal that I might have set for myself. And, uh, I mean, I just as easily could have, like, joined in on the conversation myself there and been like, hey, that was, you know, I talked about that today. Hey, check it out. But that's just not me either. I'm not I'm not the kind of guy who's going to usurp someone else's discussion. I'm not someone who... I don't, I don't like foisting myself on anybody. Uh, I feel as though... Uh, any kind of self-promotion I do is, I, I always feel like I'm putting somebody out when I do it. I feel like I'm annoying somebody. Uh, that's why I, I don't tag people really because I, because then uh, not only am I monopolizing their timeline, but I'm also like, I'm also in their notifications at that point. I, I just feel weird about doing that to people and I didn't want to, I don't know, just speak up and, uh, and make it all about me because, you know, it, I didn't write All-Star Squadron. <laughs> I just read an issue and wrote about it. Um, I don't know. It's a very weird thing. Um, but it really made me want to stop uh, blogging. It made me want to stop because I figured, what's the point? You know, if, uh, if people are actually seeing my stuff and wanting to discuss it, but they don't want to discuss it with me, then what's the point? Why am I even bothering with this? Uh, and it, it really took a lot of doing to uh, get over it. And, and even now when I'm thinking about it, it's it still kind of burns a little bit. I saw it as uh, kind of disrespectful and uh, like almost passive-aggressive. Like it wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't have hurt anybody to include a link. But uh, 
They chose not to, and there's not a whole lot I could do about that, especially some you know three and a half years later. But uh, that is uh, that is the story that I wanted to tell when I discussed All Star Squadron on an episode of Chris's on Infinite Earths, and just couldn't get the damn thing out uh, without making it sound like I you know <laughs> was as bitter as I probably just came across over the past uh, you know five ten minutes. Now from the bitter to the sweet, I uh, can't talk about blogging without giving a mention to Superblog Team-Up. Now that is a group of uh, wonderfully talented bloggers, podcasters, content creators, fandom content creators who uh, every once in a while get together and discuss the same subject. You know, uh, it's three or four or five times a year uh, it's Superblog Team-Up Day, and we all write on trend, you know, and uh, share each other's work, and it's a really good time. I, I usually ex- describe it as, a, you know, one day where a nobody blogger can feel like a somebody blogger, and it's uh, that's very true, because, you know, it's your work's being seen by more people. It's being shared by more people. It's, uh, it, it's really a special day, and uh, the way I got involved with Superblog Team-Up was uh, and, I, and I've told this story before as well. I uh, I met a fella by the name of Michael Carlisle, uh, son of Cthulhu on Twitter. I followed him, and I got a reply uh, or a DM. I got a direct message from him, just introducing himself. And me being an idiot didn't realize that this was like an auto reply. <laughs> you know, it was like a hey, thanks for following me. You can check out my work here. And I thought. Like like a jackass, I thought that he just wrote it, <laughs> sharing with me. Um, so I replied, and I'm like, "Hey, you know, uh, how you doing? Uh, this is what I do over here." And uh, you know, some time goes by, and I get I get like a, a response. I didn't realize, as I mentioned, I didn't realize that this was an auto reply uh, initially. And uh, we started talking, and uh, I, you know, I felt bad in retrospect that. This guy didn't want to talk to me. He, he just sent me an auto reply. <laughs> he didn't have any interest in, in hearing my stuff. But uh, we kept talking, and, and we formed a friendship. And uh, he was part of Superblog Team Up. And when it came time to uh, nominate new members, uh, he nominated me. And uh, I was kind of, you know, beside myself. I didn't think that I was worthy. I still don't. Uh, all these years later, I don't think <laughs> I don't think my stuff really stacks up. But um, I was introduced to uh, to Chris Bailey, Charlton Hero, uh, who would uh, who's you know the man behind Superblog Team Up, and uh, heard from him that he was he enjoyed my stuff. He was you know sent the link and he checked my stuff out and he liked it and he in- invited me to take part and uh, haven't looked back. We've had. Uh, Several Superblog team-ups. The roster has grown. Uh, I actually was able to nominate some folks to join, and uh, I can say without any sort of question that it is the support of that community that probably kept me doing this as long as I have been. Um, you know, I, I talked about synergy a few times earlier, and it's you know it's very true because you know we're not get none of us are getting paid for what we do um none of us are getting recognition from the pros really you know over in a grand way um so this is really intrinsic you know this is intrinsic creativity and without the support of one another and the you know the prompting and the uh, the pats on the back and the you know shoulders to lean on of our peers 
uh, you know, I'm sure I would have stopped a long time ago. Now, outside of things like, you know, lack of engagement and second-guessing yourself and all that kind of stuff, uh, there is such a thing as burnout. Burnout is very real, uh, regardless of what kind of uh, schedule you put yourself on, I feel. Um, if You can make yourself a once-a-month blogger and still be burnt out and still succumb to uh, the pressure of having to perform at a set time. It, it doesn't have to be a daily, a weekly... It could be any parameter you set for yourself, but there's always that possibility that you're just going to be burnt out from it. And uh, burnout is something I have faced many times. I, I mean, this is over 1,400 days in a row. It's bound to happen. Uh, I'm surprised it hasn't happened more than it has, in fact. Um, and in the, those sort of situations, what I generally try to do is start a project. Um it's, I mean, it's going to sound like I'm complaining about something that I have no right to complain about, but sometimes the hardest part uh, during the run was uh, picking out what to read because there was just so damn much to read. So it's kind of an embarrassment of riches situation where it's like, well, do I want to read something out of one of these 20 long boxes? You know, it's it's really, <laughs> it's really first world blogger uh, complaints there. But it was part of the process and it was also part of the struggle. And, uh, there were times where it was just, you, you, I just wish it was delivered to me. You know, it's like, tell me what to write about and I'll write about it. Tell me what to read and I'll read it. Instead of actually having to go and uh, figure out what was next. And so, as to alleviate a little bit of that, because that part of the process, it's kind of like one of those uh, step stoppers, you know. Um, you can't get to the end step if you don't go through that step. So if we eliminate that step altogether, it's going to be all that much easier to get to the following steps, um, if that makes any sense at all. <laughs> it does in my head, uh, but so many things do. So I would start projects where I would uh, cover a certain book, I'd cover a certain creator, I'd cover a certain character just to limit my options and to... And basically to facilitate the process, to expedite the process, to remove a step and uh, hopefully stave off burnout for, you know, just one more day. And uh, some of my bigger projects, uh, I did my Action Comics 100 project. This was in the lead up to Action Comics 1000. I wanted to cover 100 issues of Action Comics before, or to, to actually coincide with the release of Action Comics number 1000. And uh, took some doing, but uh, but I did it. Uh, we, we covered 100 issues of Action Comics, and on the day that Action Comics 1000 came out, I think it was uh, April 18th, 2018, I actually covered a repro copy of uh, Action Comics number 1 to, uh, to top off my, you know, 100... Action Comics uh, reviews So so one-tenth of the run I had covered at that point I thought that was really cool And, uh, you know, Action Comics number one Kind of sucks <laughs> It's not very good And it's long If you've never read Action Comics number one well, You can check out the blog post It's a very long book And it's got all different features in it uh, The Superman feature is like the least offensive of them Well, actually, it's the only one that's sort of interesting The rest of them are just really, really rough Though I guess if, uh, if you're a Zatara fan, you might, you might like it I don't know But uh, 
that was a project I, I really had a lot of fun doing. And uh, that was still early enough, well, relatively speaking, early enough in the run where I still had, you know, I, I felt kind of handcuffed by the project because I, there was so much other stuff I wanted to do, which is a good place to be in. Because it means that, you know, the passion is still there. You still, there's still things you want to discuss. And uh, that kind of flies in the face of burnout. Uh, because when you're burnt out, you don't want to do anything. But uh, the Action Comics 100 run really showed me that there was a lot that I still had left to say. And uh, sometimes you need that. You need to be slapped in the face with that so you realize it. And uh, I, I, I'm very grateful that I had that opportunity and I was able to, uh, I was able to come out the other end of it and pick up, you know, right where I left off before the project. Another project I had later on that very same year was Vartox Week. Now, Vartox Week, I've discussed it at length on Chris's on Infinite Earths episode something or another. And uh, there are several dozen Vartox-themed posts on the on the blog, but I do credit Vartox Week with saving the blog from burnout because uh, there was just I was just in one of those moods because <laughs> it's easy to get into one of those moods um, when you're writing every single day uh, that you just you just want to be done you know that you do feel like you have nothing else to say and engagement being what it is you, it's not something you can set a watch by. You know, sometimes you'll get good engagement, sometimes you'll get no engagement, and you usually, at least I can't, uh, I can't foresee which I'm going to get. Sometimes I think, oh, this is going to be great, and nothing comes of it, and then other times it's like, nah, this will be okay, and then it, relatively speaking, blows up. So, Vartox Week became a thing, a direction, basically. It became a direction for the blog for, you know, a better part of a month. And it just uh, reinvigorated me. It gave me an opportunity to do a deep dive on a particular character, which is, you know, kind of what I wanted to do with the All-Star Squadron. I wanted to do a deep dive on a property. And this allowed me the opportunity to actually do that. And it's a character that not too many people know a whole heck of a lot about outside of, uh, you know, LOL random Sean Connery gifs. But, uh, they don't, you know, they don't know his story. So I think that, I think that in writing about him, uh, maybe some people, you know, met him for the first time. I know I was meeting him for the first time there because before I actually did the dive, all he was to me was a was a meme on the internet. So um, that was a very cool project to take part in, and it really prolonged the life of the blog and. Uh, you know, it's interesting when you when I think about the lifespan of a blog and how milestones work and how one milestone milestones are very seldom an end point because they're just they're usually so close to other milestones. You know, you you celebrate everything because uh <laughs> you take any victory you can get. Like uh if I if I hit a round number and it's like, well, I could stop now or I could wait a couple weeks because then that's my anniversary. And then by the time you get to the anniversary, it's like, well, then this milestone is coming up. And, and the milestones just keep building onto one another. And when Vartox Week wrapped up, I was getting very close to my you know third year anniversary. I was within a couple of months of it, or a few months of it. And I just thought, you know, why not? Why not? You know, let's push. Let's push for it. Because that's kind of how I got to the one-year point in, in the first place. I hit my 300th 
uh, post milestone and realized I could probably do a year. And uh, and then I get to the year and it's like, well, I'm almost I'm almost at uh, at 400 now. And uh, and and the cycle just continues. Um, as mentioned, I mean, we're 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 at our 1400th daily post, and it's like, do I stop at 1400 or do I try to get to that even rounder 1500? And and also, I'm almost at my four year anniversary at the end of January. So do I stay for that? I mean, there's never a good spot. To walk away without feeling as though uh, you're you're missing an opportunity um, for some sort of a milestone that only you're gonna care about. <laughs> so it's it's weird. I don't know, but uh, I was getting very close to the end uh, at the end of 2018 and into 2019 because that's when I started grad school and I knew that I wouldn't have the time. To devote to the blog I, I wouldn't be able to do the blog And the podcast and school And I knew something would have to give And I decided That uh, that the blog would go Because the podcast was too important to me And school, I, I couldn't half-ass school So I was going to have to Say goodbye to the blog And so I was ready to do so uh, on my three-year anniversary on January 30th of uh, 2019, this year. And as it grew closer, I I really I started to like labor over it. I, I lost sleep. Um, I was uncomfortable all the time. I, I felt I was on edge. I, I tell you, it's like an addiction. It is like an addiction. Um, I, I was very uncomfortable, and I didn't want to let it go. And... You know, you could think about the reasons for that, and I, I have at great length. I, I have malaised and, and just really racked my brain over this, and I've convinced myself that I didn't want to stop because I thought I thought people would miss it. I thought people would miss their, you know, the daily visit to the site or just the daily reminder that the site exists. And you know, you think about that, and and it gives you a little bit of relief. You know, it takes it kind of takes the monkey off your back because it's like, well, I'm doing a service. I'm providing a service. So you talk yourself into thinking that what you're doing has meaning. And it doesn't. It really doesn't. Uh, because when you think about it more and when you run it through your, your honesty <laughs> funnel, your honesty filter, I think I'm afraid to stop, not because people will miss it, but because people won't. I don't know if that makes any sense. I'm afraid, like, I'll stop, and no one's going to notice. And then what was it all for? You know, it's it's a weird spot to be in. And uh, and, and it might be letting you a little <laughs> a little too close into my psyche um, and my, my self-doubt, but uh, that's kind of why I was afraid to step away at the beginning of 2019, and that's why, in the beginning of 2019, I decided to change the direction of the blog to Action Comics Daily. And uh, that was going to be shorter pieces, shorter reads, um, just an overall quicker thing, but not stopping. You know, it still kept me active in the blogging community, blogosphere Comics, blogging, criticizing, critiquing, <laughs> commentary community But it wouldn't be as much work 
as a regular blog post. Because as I've mentioned before, my blog posts could take anywhere from an hour to three hours to four hours to five hours. Because it's just how long it took. And it doesn't look like it, but it is. Uh, (laughs) With Action Comics Weekly, I could do a blog post in, in maybe a half hour. You know, which... Still sounds like a lot of time, and it is a lot of time when, like, when you wake up and you know that that's the first thing you're going to do that morning before you, you know, you head into work or you head off, to, head off to school. It is a chore. It can be a chore. But uh, I didn't want to let it go. Uh, and, you know, as I mentioned, in reflection and in retrospect, it feels as though I kept it up because I was afraid people weren't going to miss it when it was gone. And, uh... I don't know. That's just a. Uh, that's just me. But I, I did see Action Comics Daily through to completion. It took about eleven months to do so, and uh, it's probably the thing that I'm most proud of um, that I've done because I don't know. It was it was something that had a start point and an end point, so it it came with an intrinsic goal of just getting through it. Uh, really, I wasn't looking to. To grow my audience because I knew that this is like a niche within a niche within a niche and that my numbers were going to drop substantially and in fact they did. They dropped big time and uh, that was hard to deal with. That was very hard to deal with even though I knew it was coming. Uh, going from you know having each individual post hit like triple digit views uh, within you know the first half day day to barely breaking the double digits some days. It was uh, it was a tough pill to swallow. And it made me question why I continued doing it. But in this situation, I actually had a goal. My goal was getting through it. And uh, and I did. And it was, um, it was not always the most fun thing to do. It was not always the most interesting thing to write about. But I'm proud that I did it. I, I don't know that it's ever been done before on the internet. Um... So it's it's something that is uniquely Chris's on Infinite Earths related, um, and and I I do have a great deal of pride when I look back at the body of work that uh, that came out of the project. Not that it's you know not that it's uh, some tour de force or anything, but uh, it was a lot of hard work, and I'm happy that I did it. I've been yammering on for quite a while now. Uh, I should probably try to wrap this up. Now, the blog is still something that is ongoing daily for, you know, at as of this recording. I don't know how much longer that'll be. Um, but I do want to just uh, talk about the things that the blog has afforded me. It's uh, given me the opportunity to meet a lot of great people. Uh, you know, I, met, I met Reggie through the blog, and, uh, you know, together we've put together... Some uh, pretty special stuff, I think. Um, and uh, I wouldn't trade that for, for anything. Um, it's allowed me to contribute to some great sites, meet great people, uh, interact with, uh, with folks. It really is a very special thing, uh, the blogging world. Uh, as down on it as I might have sounded through part of this episode here, um, it really is a very special and unique part of the community because... So much of the community has uh, moved on to audio and video, uh, where the written word is, it's, you know, almost passe. So it's an interesting place to be, and it's uh, definitely something that I would like to explore further. If uh, you are a content creator, or blogger, podcaster, uh, 
I don't know, maintain a Facebook group, a message board, whatever. Any way you create content, uh, fandom-related content, I'd like to talk to you. I'd like to talk to you about your process, about why you started, why you still do it, um, your goals, your frustrations, all that good stuff. I think that this uh, this could be a fun uh, conversation, and I think we can all uh, we can all learn from one another uh, about uh, just the process, the overall creative process, uh, warts and all. So if you are interested in talking about your little piece of the internet, your little slice of the internet, definitely look me up uh, at Ace Comics on Twitter. Uh, you can probably reach out at uh, weirdcomicshistory at gmail.com, though uh, I don't know if I still have the password for that. <laughs> so we'll, we'll hope, uh, hope that you just reach out on Twitter if you do decide to. That's at Ace Comics. Now, there are a lot of people that I'd like to thank for uh, their guidance and their kind words and their... Uh, they're just encouragement over the past several years, but uh, there's so many that I'm afraid that I'll leave some out. And uh, being a dude who gets kind of uh, triggered by being left out of those kind of lists, I, I probably shouldn't risk leaving anybody out. But uh, if you have reached out to me, if you have uh, encouraged me, if you've listened to me complain, uh, it means the world to me. It really does. It means a whole heck of a lot to me. And uh, hopefully this program will... Uh, will become a, a place where we can all support one another and uh, encourage one another and, and push us all, all on to uh, whatever goal we set for ourselves. So uh, till next time, and this, uh, I mean, I, I don't have a schedule for this show. It might be, might be weekly, might be bi-weekly, might be twice a week and then skip a week. You never know. <laughs> I'm not really setting a, uh, a schedule for this. But that said, until next time, don't get stuck in the void. See ya.